Hey, yo, what the f***? This is a palace right here. The late night flight is paid for by the following. Hello. I have three questions for you. When you're talking NBA with your white co-workers, do you say that Dallas Mavericks point guard Luka Doncic is the best player in the NBA to position yourself as non-threatening in the office? And when black people think that you talk like a white person, do you reply, hey, hey, you would too if you graduated from an HBCU. Are you Rachel Dozer? If you do or are any one of these three, then you are suffering from the contribution of white privilege. Hi, my name is Nasur Nuru, and if you are looking to go from Wayne Newton to Wayne Brady, please give us a call at 1-800-HELL-NO-CAMES. That's 1-800-HELL-NO-CAMES. Give us a call now before you turn into T-Biggs. Everybody on a Martin, everybody marching for a young nigga like me to get tsunami on it. I'ma get it, I'ma win a baby. I'll be on my curry till I crash a bird 40 on the Yeah, I'm acting dirty if it's at the appellation to the appellation. I'ma do whatever that they take to make a black a nation. Hold on. Did Blair Underwood play a smooth operator and set it off? Or did he play a smooth ass predator and set it off? All right, so um, I want to talk about uh, set it off. Um, I've been doing this thing where I take an edible and watch like old 90s cinema. And the other night I was watching Set It Off and some new points from the movie hit me that I thought was, <laughs> that I thought was interesting. Um, so yeah, we all know Set It Off, the movie with Queen Latifah, Jada Pinkett, Vivica Fox, and what's the other one? Kimberly Elise. Kimberly Elise, that was a great one, but that's definitely a Jeopardy trivia question right there. Who is the fourth lead of Set It Off? <laughs> the last chick was scared to get that bread. I can't live like her. <laughs> so, so um, all right. So in the movie, we all know there was a point where Jada Pinkett was trying to get some money for her brother to go to college, and she hooked up with Nate, some old head, you know, car salesman dude. Gave her an advance, the famous line, Nate, I'm in the bind. And she ended up having sex with him. The second dude she meets is Keith, played by Blair Underwood. Now, he's more smoother. He's also a wealthy bank executive. Um, and they kind of link up after and start to develop this romance. But the, the things that I noticed in the movie was that Keith and Nate my theory is that they're both the same man, basically. They both were seeing a vulnerable woman in Jada Pinkett who was very, not really educated. You know, she was, she was a pretty woman from the hood, but she was like really like uh, either low maintenance or just kind of uncultured in a lot of ways. And both men saw that and I felt like they took advantage of it. How did, right? they take the, how did they take advantage of it? So, so Nate understood that Jada needed money and he was more straight up transactional. Like, look, I give you the money, but you got to do something for me. And it was more direct and straight to the point. And okay. they did it. And 
you know, they, he gave her the check and they went their separate ways. She had sex with him in the office too, right? No, nah, I was in the bed. Oh, that's what. Yeah, I don't know if he took her to like one of his cribs or something, but um but yeah. that office, she probably just get like just messy. Just get, <laughs> you probably get messy with that if you want to give up a thousand dollars for that. But anyway, let's but go look, to Blair now. So Blair Underwood, right? So when when she first met Blair Underwood, right, she was like amazed that it cost a thousand dollars to start a checking account. She was like a thousand dollars, like that was the most money that she's ever seen in her life. And right. he he hopped right into to that mode of like, oh. You know what I mean? Let me take you out. This, that, and the third, right? So now, when when he starts it off, he's like, "All right, take me to the take me to your hood spots." She took him to a little hood restaurant, you know, Wanda and Donder. But then, as the conversation starts to progress, like he can tell, like, "Yo, she never been outside of L.A." So, it, like, and then you can start to see, like, where he he making little sl- slick jokes to her and being condescending in a way. And I feel like he was taking advantage of her in the same way that Nate was, except that he slowed, he slowed down the process and wander and donned her a little bit, but ultimately he ended up having sex with her. And then, you know, they made it seem like they were going to be in this romance, but I, I don't see that relationship having ever worked out. Okay, what do you think that he said that was condescending? Can you at least give the quote of what he said? Do you have a quotable about what, what Blair said to Jada that makes you believe that he was condescending? You can't just jump out and just say he was being condescending to her. Sure. What did he say to her? So there was this one instance where she came to the um she came to his crib. Yes. And he was like, All right, so since you've never been out of LA. Um, I'm going to take you everywhere across the world, right? Yeah. So he was like cooking these little dinners for her to right. show her like, yo, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm starting off with taking you to Mexico, whatever, whatever. So in, in the middle of the conversation, like she's, she's like, I want, um, he was talking about business school. Yeah. And so she was like, I wanted to, I wanted to go to business school. And then he was like, uh, oh yeah, for what? Like marketing, you know, advertising or whatever. And she like, uh, no, typing and you know, basic keyboarding and stuff like that. And right. he like looked at her and chuckled, like, <laughs> like that was the condescending part where he was like, oh, she don't know. Why was that condescending? Why that can't be funny? She didn't know. Because she didn't want to, she was talking about going to be a secretary. No, I get that, but she, but she didn't know the difference. And at the same time, he, you know, he did chuckle. But I mean, that's, you know, that that could be funny to somebody. He wasn't. I don't think he was being condescending to her. I think that you, you, all right. So the comparison of both. Why are you making one seem very straightforward, direct, dope? And the other one more of a uh, Lothario, if you will. Lothario, if you will. Like, I, yo, I think it's dope that he even went to the hood with her. Because this dude don't look like he want to be in the hood, if you want to say it like that. Nah, he just, uh, he's a smooth 
What I'm saying is that that man, like, he was offering her the most basic that he could offer her, and she was already super impressed by it because she don't know any better. Well, took advantage of that. No, the never was like, you know what I'm saying? He he never talked about, you know, things that they could do to increase her station in life. You know what I'm saying? He never talked about taking her to the places. He told her, I'm I'm gonna just make you some food from these places. You know what I'm saying? No, it's ill, but this is called a slow build. You don't gotta just jump out the window for anybody. What you mean? How to get away with robbing a bank? No, that's okay. That's like honestly, honestly, honestly. If you know that you ain't gonna have no strings attached to any of this, like yo, okay, like that's honestly small. <laughs> small to what? I'm just saying, look, Jada had to be the one to watch all her friends die, okay? She literally watched Vivica Fox die, all right? So what I'm saying is she had to take all the meat of, you know, all the bulk of the tragedy, okay? But at the end, all I had to do as, you know, the guy who really cared and I really wanted to be with her, but, you know, she had her own life. I'm just here to help her be in Mexico. That's small, bro. Like, okay. Like, she, look, gave her a call. You good? Anything all right? All right. Hey, goodbye. All right. Because, look, he's so smooth, he already knew what it is. Like, how is that predatory? You know what I mean? Like, he respected it. Like, all right, yo, like, what I do? You know, what can I do? Hey, yo, all I'm saying is, is that if for, if for whatever reason... And this is this is where I'm reaching and I'm kind of drawing a narrative from what I'm seeing in the movie. Right. But if for, if for whatever reason he already knew based on their their level of conversation, you know, how he viewed her, where she's from, all of that, shit, that they weren't going to go anywhere further. And he still was her. Like, that's the part where it's like, all right, you know what I'm saying? He's no different than Nate. He just wanted to, you know what I mean? The pretty girl from the hood, you know what I'm saying? It ain't really nothing long term. I'm, I'm a fucker though and keep it pushing. But he was trying to see what was up with her. She was the one that was busy robbing banks though. There's a couple women I've had in my life where, you know, they were, I guess if you want to use the term from the hood, that, you know, I'd be like, yo, I like her, though. You know, I want to get to, you know, I still want to hang out with her. And she busy doing her hood shit, and she don't give a fuck because this is what she do. This is her everyday thing. Well, maybe um, maybe my maybe my beef is with the writing, right? Because they made Jada Pinkett, like, you know, amongst her friends... She was like the leader and the, you know, the the smart one and, you know, all of this. But when she's in the presence of Blair Underwood, she's basic as hell. Like she's talking about, um, I never I never left L.A. Or what, what happened? She said something like, 
when she was at the business meeting and she was like something about portfolios and it, 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 it made zero sense to the conversation. And like everybody could tell that she just read some to try and sound smart, but it's like, that's not true of that type of woman. You know what I'm saying? That type of woman who's from the hood who may have never traveled outside of the hood could still be well-read and cultured in a way where she could sit amongst Harvard businessmen and hold a realistic conversation. Hey, yo, what the f***? This is a poly right here. Does Jessica Krug hate black women? And if the answer is no, then why does Hanif think she's culture biter? All right, so this is in reference to um, the, the case where uh, the white Jewish woman proclaimed to be Afro-Latina uh, recently throughout her entire career. Um, you also have member Rachel Dozel, who was part of the NAACP, and she's transracial and considered herself black just because. Um, you got... Uh, Kylie Jenner <laughs> essentially, you know, feels like like she's even mentions like brown brown skin girl or something like that, where she feels like she has uh, some blackness. But then, you know, she do have Travis Scott, and then she she. <laughs> she <laughs> I don't, I, it's just this whole uh, like where you see white women. Um, who love their white per- per- privilege, mm-hmm. you know, and and they'll do whatever they can to maintain that. But when it's convenient, they can appropriate black culture and black womanhood and capitalize off of it. And so that begs the question: It's like, yo, if if we are so, or if not we, but if black women are so like bottom of the barrel and, you know, second class citizens and they can't do anything, whatever, then why is it that, you know, you want to take over that, that culture when it's convenient for you? You think they want to take over the culture though? I think they just want to, they, they kind of want to use it to their advantage. You know, like if, if I could, if I could, do the, the black girl stuff. If I could talk the black girl lingo, I could have the black girl body. I can do all of the things that make me desirable uh, as a black woman, but maintain my white privilege, then they want to take full advantage of that. Well, okay. Let's, let's look at this two ways. Number one, white privilege is jewelry, and I don't think no woman turns down jewelry, okay? So, okay. That's number one. I mean, if if, I, if you have something that is yours, you can keep it. You can put it in a drawer, take it out when, anytime you want to. You know, it's like the black card is just not used the same way, you know? Well, it's not. It's utilized the same. It's just not received the same way. It's almost as if I'm giving you a discovered credit card and I'm hoping for the best while someone else has a black, a black card Amex. Although, damn, you get to use the word black too? Jesus. Right? Right. Am I right, though? Right. Anyway, so, hear me out. My thing is this. I want to I make your point sound so good. Because, honestly, I don't know whether you're right or wrong. 
But I did see something. I saw a bunch of white women doing something, and I'm not even going to lie to you, black women. I was turned on. I was turned on, not because they were white. No, 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 no. Because I'm not that type of guy. I'm not going to even lie to you. I don't have this. Uh, no, anyway, listen. It wasn't because they were white or black. <laughs> Hear me out, though. The reason that got me turned on, Hanif, and you have to see this. It's on YouTube. They have these twerk team competition things. And, and, and I ain't talking about the hood ones that you see when someone do it at their one-bedroom apartment. No, I'm talking about it's 20 Spanish and white women just all in a dance room. And they're twerking to all types of music. It's almost as if it was like an after-dark aerobics class. This was beautiful. They get like 11 million views on YouTube. You got to check this out. Yeah. And that's when I realized, oh, shoot, yo, they can easily take the culture and not make it better. It's more of can put more eyes on it because, you know, when a white person do it, all white people want to pay attention to it. Elvis, Eminem, those are examples of that. Lady Gaga, you know, they do some, you know, Beyonce, Little Richard, you know, they do that type of you know, then all of a sudden, you know, Eminem does some, you know, Big Daddy Kane, and all of a sudden, white people are like, hey, have you heard about that Eminem? So, I don't know. It's like, I don't want to make it seem as if that they, you know, they're taking it and, you know, they, they, they're making black women look look dumb and, and underneath. It's more of, it's a compliment, of course. It's definitely a compliment. But the fact that when you have the privilege, when you had that ownership of the privilege, you can do so much more with it. And then on top of it, like, I would have loved to see the twerk team competition with a bunch of black girls and white girls or something like that. You know what I mean? Like some type of mix. No. You said no. This is what I'm saying. Like, this is okay. the whole point of this with this appropriation is that, you know, you can take advantage of the things. Like, it's like even with the, with the OnlyFans, with the girl Bella Thorne and yeah. in the white... Uh, models who come in and start their pages off and make millions and millions of dollars from the rip when black women who actually go in and like build it up make it famous make it popular go in and have to charge pennies on the dollar just to just to make some money and it, it it's indicative of the entire uh way that everybody looks at black women you know what i'm saying and it's like you want you want what the black woman has, but you don't want the black woman to have it. You want to place what the black woman has naturally and put it on white women or other women of color and then glamorize them for that. Like, that's the craziest to me. You call, you call uh, women of other races exotic for having the same features that black women have naturally. I think that's crazy. Well, that is crazy, yo, because black women are also exotic. How do you contribute to white privilege? Um, the reason why, you know, the, the reason why I, I want to talk about this is because the other day I was going to get on a train and I saw like a white woman you know, having issues with getting through the turnstile. Her car wasn't working or something to that effect. And this older black man who actually worked at the train station 
apparently went out of his way to swipe her in to get her through the turnstile, right? Now, in my mind, I've seen in the past where black people, black women in particular, may have not had their fare properly together. And it's like, oh, well, you got to go put money on it. And it's like this, there's not this overcast of like generosity that happens. You know what I'm saying? And I'd be feeling like, you know, as black people, when we view white people in a way where we feel like we have to cater to them, you know what I'm saying? Then that's us contributing to white privilege, you know? So uh, I've had instances where I work with white people and I felt like I had to, you know, speak a little less crass and kind of soften my stance in order to protect whatever fragility that they might have. Like where if I, if I'm talking to one of my, my, my coworkers and he black, you know what I'm saying? Like if I'm frustrated, I'm more easily gonna voice that frustration. Like, yo, bro, I told you, I told you how to do this shit like three times. Why are you still asking? Like, come on, like tighten up or whatever. Like I could speak candid in that way and feel comfortable in doing so. But for a white counterpart, I might be like, you know, this, this is the third time that we went over it. I'll say it, but in a more softer tone in a way where I don't feel like I'm going to offend them. So I think in, in doing shit like that is one way that I, I contribute to white, white privilege because it reinforces the idea that, you know, we have to, or owe them some sort of respect and don't look at the, look at them as peers, but as superior, even if we are superior to them or in the same, on the same level. Mm. That's wild. So in my experiences working with, working with my white American brethren and sisters, I worked for a startup company. Well, I've been a few places where I worked with white people, but the last time I recall my, uh, you know, just checking out white privilege, being a part of white privilege is being a part of this startup company. Now this startup company, they had the ability to take your AAU football team or your AAU basketball team and have them play at, let's say the Barclays Center or MetLife Stadium, uh, even at Mercedes, Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. We are fly to Atlanta. We got a bunch of Pop Warner kids ready to play football at the same place where Julio Jones, you know, do his business at. And kids would lose their minds, love doing that. Parents out there and, you know, everybody's making money. Let's just put it like that. I'm not even going to get into all of that. But I worked with a lot of white people. You know, I was actually the only paid black person in the company at the, at that time. And this is 2019. So <laughs> I remember one time we, uh, we all went out to eat. This is after a big, big uh, successful event that we did, or maybe that I put together. You know, we don't, we're not here for all of that. We just know that some, this company made over $58,000 in one sitting by having a bunch of soccer, uh, a bunch of soccer teams, a bunch of kids soccer teams from Atlanta come out and play at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. We go celebrate. We had some uh, steakhouse that's over here in Hoboken. And we leave that spot. We go to a party like at one of these bars that's in Hoboken. And I immediately see white privilege start right now because my man, you know, 
one of the white dudes that's from my job asked me, yo, Naz, could you go give me a white claw? Now, immediately, white privilege had just sparked up in my, in my face because what the f*** is a white claw? I don't drink that right. What the f*** is a white claw? I don't drink salsa liquor. What the hell is that? So anyway, I got to go ask the bartender for a, 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 a what the f*** I just said? A hard salsa, basically, whatever that's called. I asked for this a white claw. Keep asking for it. I wound up getting kicked out of the bar. I felt like I got kicked out of the car, the kicked out of the bar because I asked for a white claw, which in a way I probably deserved that. So anyway, as we leave and trying to go to the next bar, me and all of the uh, white coworkers, one of the coworkers that I work with was looking to park their car, but I'm with his brother. So he'd been talking about his brother, like, yo, I want to see my brother. I ain't seen him all, you know, in a couple of weeks. He's a good dude, Nash. You got to check him out. You got to meet him. Okay, great, whatever. So we all together, and when the guy answers the phone, because I guess my, my co-worker, his name was, uh, was Del P. We call him Del P. Pick up the phone. So I guess he called him, called, you know, his brother, who was next to me, and he answers the phone like this. Yo, what up, my Mm. And I'm like, what? Now, we already still kind of mad at the fact that we got kicked out of this club. We all kind of like in that mode. But he said that. And then another white person, because mind you, I'm around about a good eight of them, came and was like, oh, Naz, you allowed him to say that? And I just looked at everybody, and I'm not even going to lie to you. I didn't say a fucking word. We went to the next bar. And as soon as we got to the next bar, it was like a, this is like a 20-minute time lapse. I left and went home, straight home. Right. Now, mind you, I never met this dude before. And this thing just happened right in my face like this, right after we get kicked out of a club. I ain't know what to think or expect. I'm the only paid black person in this company. What the f*** is going on in here? Right. So on Monday... Nah, time ain't up. So on Monday, well, first of all, I want everybody to know. Nah, I ain't going to tell everybody that story. I don't want y'all, y'all don't have to know that I told the bartender, here's what my phone number, give me a call on Monday. This is where I'm going to be at at work. You can come find me. <laughs> I don't think you need, no one needs to know that I think that I'm tough. Who gives a about that, right? But anyway, so on Monday, I had to go see Del P, right? Like I just did not like what sat with me you know, over the weekend, what happened on Friday night. So I talked to Del P. I saw, you know, he went to the bathroom. So, you know, I definitely did a beeline, you know, basically let him go in there because I know he about to go take off. So while he did sitting on the stool, I'm like, yo, bro, Del P, we got to talk for a second, bro. He like, yo, what's up? I said, yo, you called your brother and he responded by saying, what up, my nigga? Now, I'm going to tell you right now, I never hear you speak like that. But now that I know you speak like that, let's have some rules going on. You know not to speak like that when I'm around. I can't even tell you what to say in your own place with your friends or whatever. Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to super assume now that you don't hang out with black people. Right. So, with that being said, I know you like the culture and you dig, you know, because you don't never come at me, no disrespect. We talk a lot of, you know, workout, you know, workout stuff all the time. But, bro, 
That's a no-no. So then he was like, yo, look, my bad. I, I'm going to talk to my brother about it. I'm pretty sure it just slipped. And I said, yo, see, look, you wow. What do you mean it slipped? He said that with full confidence. He said, yo, what up, my Like, as if he was in the music video. Right. You said this guy is going to med school. Oh, he's in metal. He's in med school. So you telling me he's going to perform surgery on one of my black brothers and sisters one day. Yeah. Is that what you telling me? I got fired three weeks later. Hey, yo, what the Damn. f***? This is a pallet right here. Are you participating in the 2020 Tuskegee experiment? Mother hell no, I got a job, mother you talking about? <laughs> I work. I don't need to take a test. Now, that doesn't mean I don't need a vaccine, but even then, it's going to be hard for me and you to get me to take any type of vaccine. Okay, I'm just being honest. Have you heard about the Tuskegee experiments? People just die for free. Now, I can't tell you that, you know, what, how much does, you know, testing out a COVID vaccine should cost you. Because, you know, as uh, I believe the million dollar man once said, everybody has a price. But how much can they actually pay you? Honey, how much... Can the United States government pay you to test out a COVID vaccine? There's the amount of money um, that I would take. And that's the part where I'm like, yo, this shit is with, the, with this government, right? And the history that it has with black people. So if we're all familiar with the Tuskegee experiment, they took black men and injected them with syphilis to kind of see what syphilis would do. Um, they've also, uh, the father of gynecology, I forget his name. Um, but he would experiment on black slave women doing surgeries, um, to perfect, you know, understanding the woman's anatomy. And you know what I'm saying? That he would do like, uh, give them surgeries without anesthesia, hysterectomies and all types of shit. So with this history, and then you have the CDC who is partnering with what appears to be major metropolitan cities with high numbers of African-American people, such as North New Jersey, where Nuru is hailing from, and then Philadelphia, where I'm at, are two of the places where they're wanting to start this trial. So what that means is, is that they're targeting black people for this experiment. And why the f we got to be the guinea pigs? This is crazy. Look, I have some towns. We, we got like three minutes left. I have towns. All right. If you're trying to get 30,000 people to, 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 to take a test, I have towns. Wildwood. Why not Wildwood? Strong with Wildwood. Wildwood's a nice place. Hoboken. They party all the time. They, they had a coronavirus surge. Because they want to go outside in front of the, the Ann Taco, one of those punk-ass places and go party up and smoke hookah and shit and get herpes on their mouth. What about, what about Cherry Hill? Nice place. You can get 30,000 people in Cherry Hill. 
You know what I'm saying? Probably with, with NFL Sunday ticket and flat screens and all that good. What about, what about, give me another one. What about Woodbridge Township? How about that? How about North Bergen, Belmar, Point Pleasant Beach? How about that place? How about Sea Owl City, Hackettstown, Fairlawn, Millstown, or Millville, whatever that's called, Netcom? Why does it have to always be some quote unquote urban town? Why does it always have to be that? I hate that. Shit. Yeah, and I'm I'm looking on the website. Uh, they just put up a website, the CDC Corona Coronavirus Prevention Network dot org. Yeah, and they got an older black woman as the as the first picture you see. Then it looks like what looks like to be an Indian doctor and a Hispanic woman, and then what looks like to be a Native American woman. There's not any white people in any of the pictures, which is you know. Now, wait, what, what's, the, what's the picture of this website about? What's this about? This is the, the website where you would go to sign up to be a volunteer for the clinical trial. So they're not even playing no game. they like, yeah, we're trying to wipe each and every one of you shades the f*** out. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is wild. This is wild. And then, you know, I don't know, even Melinda Gates had mentioned that you know, she felt like black people because what they, what the premise is, is that black people are the most susceptible to uh, dying from COVID because of underlying health conditions or whatever. So if our, if our demographic is getting hit the hardest, then that justifies them saying, well, we'll give them the vaccine first. But this is a clinical trial of the vaccine that where vaccine normally takes one to two years to actually become workable this is something that's being produced in six months so it's highly experimental and and they feeling like black people are expendable still yeah what's your favorite fruit what's your um what's your favorite food a favorite fruit yeah hmm you know I'm, I'm I'm very normal when it comes to fruit I like apples Mm, like green Smith or regular red apples? I like the green apples personally. Really? Green apples are really good. Interesting. I love green apples. Um, but if you are looking for fruit that's all right, so in my in my in my trying to get these games days, apricots, oranges, peaches, they come with good protein. Okay. Especially apricots. I used to eat a lot of dried apricots or get like the little fruit pack of apricots. I used to eat that a lot. Mm. You know, yeah, I don't really like the taste of apricots, but they were a good source of protein. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm a sucker for strawberries, but I didn't really eat them too much. Um, yeah, but if, if you're going for healthy fruit that that is, you know, I would just go with the orange. Like nothing beats like the orange is good, and the, the acidic acid of that orange it breaks down your insides, helps you go to the bathroom. Right. You know, so if if, if that was the route that you were taking, orange. But as far as just my personal favorite fruit, apple, oh. apple with a peach. Actually, I, I love peaches. Okay. I um 
I do, I do, uh, for my citrusy fruit, I do, um, mandarins. Okay. Or, or tangerines. Yeah. Yeah. Those are both good. Excellent. Excellent choices. Um, but my absolute favorite fruit personally, um, is watermelon. I'm stereotypical. I mean, what's wrong with that? I just love watermelon. Like, Although I, you know, I, I don't, I don't get the whole big whoop about watermelon though. Yeah. I don't, you know, say I don't get it. <laughs> I don't. I really don't. And you know, it's more and more. I'm, I come across more and more people who don't like watermelon. More and more black people. And which is interesting that you know that's supposed to be stereotypically our favorite food. But you know what's funny about that? I think a lot of people probably don't eat watermelon because of that too. Hmm. I eat the mad stereotypical. Like if if, <laughs> if she was with me in public around white people and 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 I had watermelon, you'd be like, "Yo, bro." <laughs> Wait, you hold it? Hold up, do you hold it with two hands with the rod? Yeah, damn good, man. Oh shit. yo, hold up, nah, nah, we gotta go out. Hold up, this is funny. <laughs> we gotta go to Woodbridge or something. Like, hold up, this is crazy. I'm not coming up for air until that shit is gone, dog. <laughs> Have you ever denied a woman's sex? Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Smoke. No. Yeah, right. No sex every day. Say that. Um, nah, but unfortunately, yeah. You know, who wants to talk about that as a man? Do you really want to admit something like that, though? Seriously? Do you want to admit that you had to deny a woman's sex? Like, how... How more manly do you think someone would label you for telling someone else, hey, look, you know, it was just something about her, her morals, her mannerisms. I just had to say, you know what? You don't deserve this, girl. No, no, girl, you don't deserve this. You know, it's kind of a weird, it's a weird spot. It's a weird spot, you know? I, I mean, I, I had denied women things like, I think we talked about it earlier today in, in our session. Where I was, I made the joke about how I, I kicked the woman out of my car when I was 19 years old for wearing Pepe jeans, the ones with the peas. Like you have like the stitched on peas on the jeans. I really hated those jeans, and I was just like, "Yo, this is I, I can't go to the movies with you like this. I'm sorry." And that's very shallow of me, to be honest. Super shallow of me. But hey, I did not. But I'm not proud of that. I'm not proud of that at all, you know. Um, I've denied my ex-girlfriend sex when we were, you know, like when we were together and, you, you know, you mad over something. I, I'm not proud of that. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? I'm not proud of none of these things, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to deny a woman's sex. Obviously, when I deny a woman's sex, it's, you know, I'm real. I'm you know, this gonna sound very female to be honest, but it's just it's the truth. I'm not in the mood, right? Like you have annoyed me to a point where me and my 
has come to a term of disagreement. And but we signed the papers though. We like we disagree. Like my like, look, I can give it a shot. And I'm like, nah, you really can't. It's it's not gonna be a go. My like, no, no, look, listen, I know you're mad. I know you're mad. I know what you're thinking, but look, trust me, I got this. And me and my mom are like, no, trust look, yo, shut just shut the fuck up, relax. And and he's like, look, yo, I'm gonna go after this. <laughs> For sure. But you gotta sign that agreement. Like, nah, we, we gotta stand tall on this one. You know, man, we can't we can't bulge, you know. What um what was her reaction? I mean, usually from the women well, women that I've dated in my life or been in a relationship with, whenever I said I don't want to do it, it, it just depends. I mean, it depends on what you're talking about as far as denying, though, because some sometimes you're not denying a woman's sex. You kind of saying, like, let's say, let's say if it was a woman you already had sex with, and you've been having sex with her multiple times, and it's have gotten to that point where maybe you and her had felt a place of boredom in the sex, right? And now one of you are looking to make a move. So I'm a man. So obviously I can only talk about, you know, my point of view. So I'm, let's say when I'm making them, you know, I'm, I basically put it out there to let women know that I do know that you can make moves too. I don't want you to feel, you know, you know, alienated. Like you're together in this. We're all in this together. We're all in normalizing cheating together. Right, honey? We are. We, we are not, but okay. So anyway, <laughs> so if I want to bust a move on a woman, right? And I, but the, the, well, not bust a move, but if I want to deny her sex, but I'm with her all the time, I'm basically trying to do something else, you know? Like, oh, what y'all doing? Oh, you going there? Oh, work. look, me and the fellas said we can go to Asbury Park. You know, just a little couple little drinks, you know, fellas stuff. <laughs> Meanwhile, you done Facebook all your Asbury Park homegirls and shit getting this shit lined up. <laughs> 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 you try to get this thing ready. <laughs> yeah, we got the table reserved. We got the hookah ready, sweetheart. Yeah, bring your friends. Yup, yup, yup. So it's one of those type of things too. It's like you're not necessarily denying a woman's sex. It's more of I'm kind of done with this transaction here. I shouldn't have said transaction, but I'm done with this experience. Right. And I need to find a new experience. But I'm not going to tell you that I, I want to find a new experience because I may not even find that new experience yet. And I'm not willing to let you go without me at least knowing that I have an alternative to go to. Very selfish, but that, that is shallow and true. I think women's egos are bigger than men's when it comes to that, right? Because women normally hold the keys to, to sex and when, when we're going to have sex and all of that good stuff. So, you know, it's easy for them to be like, Hey, I got a headache or I don't feel like it tonight or, you know, that, that sort of shit. But if you, because, and you know, they, their period comes on. Um, yeah, that doesn't, I'm, I I run red lights. So, That doesn't that doesn't deter anything, huh? But <laughs> I, I I don't mind period sex, huh? But <laughs> what I'm saying is, hey yo, what the f- is that polish? 
Right? <laughs> what? Oh, what? Hey, yo, what? I don't, I don't mind period sex, but I'm just saying that like there's a period where women are like, yo, we can't, I'm not having sex. I'm on my period or I got a headache. I got cramps, whatever the case is. Right. But there's men don't have technically a menstrual cycle. Like, so it's like, we're, we're expected to be on point all day, every day. And whenever they ready for it, we supposed to just go. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yo, I don't work 12 hours today, tired, you know what I'm saying? Mentally drained. I'm not really in the mood for, and we expected to, to stand at attention whenever the f- they feel like it. And if you deny a woman's sex, or you be like, not tonight or not right now, or maybe some other time, I noticed that that ego gets bruised and then they start to, f- you know, they either go and accuse you of somebody else or accuse you of like being some sort of weirdo for not wanting to have sex with them. Because they're women. They are, you know, they're the greatest thing on earth. Because they look at themselves as, well, hold on. They're in the mood to do this. If you're not in the mood to do this, do you not know how many other men are in the mood to do this with me? Hmm. So, yes, you are right. It is a thing of ego. But I think you, well, you're not looking at ego wrong. I guess I'm basically trying to add on to the ego. And basically saying, yo, it's not only just ego where it's like, oh, you know, it's more of a, like a, I think women, you know, the way you made their ego is more of like a a jealous one, I guess you want to say, if I want to use, can I use that term? Can I say jealous? Yeah, why not? Okay, no, fine. I mean, oh, you know, more of like a, a jealous ego in, in the sense of what you were talking about, but in what I'm talking about with women, like if you deny them sex when they're in the mood, it's more of do you not know how many likes I have on social media? Do you not know how many, how many men on my DMs say the craziest things to me? Do you not realize that? That's one of those things that comes into play with women because they're like, yo, are you sure you don't want to do this? Because I got a guy right outside. He's outside right now. He'll just hop in his car and have like car sex with me. Hey, yo, what the f***? This is a pallet right here. 